Hey, YouTube. We're not Poppy. There's a party somewhere, but it's not here. <laughs> All right. Hello, and welcome to the Zero Stars Podcast, a podcast about video games and the Olympics. My name is Bob. And my name is Matt. And we're going to talk about video games. But first, we're going to discuss the greatest conflict that happens every four years, the Olympics. Uh, I love the Olympics, and I'm very excited. We are recording this, the day that the opening ceremony uh, occurred and will air tonight in America. Um, and I'm excited. It happened at like 3 a.m. Oh, really? I didn't but realize it was delayed tape. Yeah, then they air it later. Because, okay, you know, so we they could have watched it already. We could have we woken up at 3 a.m. and watched it, but instead we're going to not watch it tonight because you hate the Olympics, which is weird. And I've actually... So my girlfriend also hates the Olympics. I met somebody else who hates the Olympics. But doesn't and, she like watching the opening ceremony? Uh, she says that's the only worthwhile part. There's an argument to be made there. There's also I an argument that's the exact opposite of that, which is <laughs> the, it is the least worthwhile part because it is such a facade. But that's what I love about it. It's so constructed. It's so fun. I don't find that fun. Oh, it's so silly. I don't know. And everybody gets to walk and it's just like, I just love that it's the Winter Olympics and these countries that have never seen snow get to march and it's so silly. It's, it's so silly. It is. It's so charming. It's just such a weird thing. countries that haven't seen snow in four years. In any year, ever. <laughs> like, throughout all of history. <laughs> There's just people who, do, like, never encountered snow, and they're doing winter sports, and that's great. I don't think that that's, that's true. I think it is. Isn't that, like, How would they isn't practice that the premise most of, of the, the Jamaican bobs, bobsled team movie? You mean Cool Runnings? Yeah. You realize that's fiction? Yeah. Yeah, it snows in Jamaica. But, like, you could... No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. No, it doesn't. How much do you want to Let's bet? take a break. We're back from our break. We did not find the we answer. Didn't, we didn't look it up at no, all, we actually. Didn't we just up. refreshed our drinks. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, no, I, the Olympics just don't appeal to me. This year, like, it's not that I'm in agreement with Mike Pence about anything, but there is something weirdly insidious about like North Korea sort of co-opting under the South Korean like umbrella of being like, yeah, we're here too. They are. Yeah. This is, this is in many ways, I think the beauty of the Olympics is that is everybody that gets to come together. <laughs> Even then, the insidious assholes. Yes. Oh, totally. Right. And Tell then, that to Munich. Beyond 1977. that, like, let's be honest with ourselves. Donald Trump is our president. We are... We are the insidious assholes this round. But what's great about the Olympics... 1976. Is that... <laughs> it has to be an even number. Going? So it's clearly... Not, it's is it, It's got to be an even number, I, right? At some point, they switched to having the winter ones in an off year so that they alternate, right? Oh, so, okay. Uh, it might be a little tricky for you to do that mental math. Yeah, I can't do that. We don't have any idea what's going on. No. But um, I... So what I love about the Olympics is that like right now, Donald Trump is our president. I don't feel great about America. But for this like near month of time when the only thing on TV is us trying to win medals against other countries, I just get to shamelessly be like, USA all the way. Let's do it. We should win everything. Uh, we should be all three medals on every single event. <laughs> you really feel this way? It's just fun. Like I just like the idea that we get to compete. I always, I always root against the US because... You are the worst. I want the underdog to win. It's like we're basically the Patriots in the Super Bowl. We have all the resources. I mean, the Patriots, we are literally... The Patriots, in many ways, fashion themselves as America's team. Yes. They're called the Patriots. Yeah, and they are actually a very perfect emblem of America. Yes, no doubt. They and, cheat and they win. Yes. I don't I don't enjoy this. They wear this. cut-off sweatshirts. <laughs> the issue is is that like they're the only like underdog teams you can root for are the ones that have like literally no money. And... Yeah. And those... And like that's just a depressing reminder of like the world of, of just general what's in, I don't know, fiscal, but obviously also social inequality across, across the globe. All of that is totally true. So when they don't win, you just feel extra shitty. No, because we win. 
the whole point here, Matt, is that we win. I give the Olympics zero stars. I give it every star. I give it infinite stars. I give it the gold medal and the silver and the bronze. I love the Olympics. I give it an aluminum. I want metal. it to be every time we get up there, they play our anthem and everybody on the podium sings along because they're all American. They all sing along to Kid Rock. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh, man. The idea of Kid Rock. God, I hate Kid Rock. If we host the Olympics, there's like at least a point zero five percent chance that Kid Rock is hired to do something. Something. I believe that. If not, like master of ceremonies, yeah. <laughs> Kid Rock lights the torch <laughs> as he launches his Senate campaign. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, he already did that. So as he enters his fifth term as senator, <laughs> elder statesman Kid Rock lights the torch uh yeah carries it into the stadium the crowd goes wild god bless the united states of america it's the greatest country in the world all right well on that positive note um let's talk about something that's never depressing the news all right um i was news editor this week yeah so we're gonna open hard with something that actually really excited me okay the uh, folks who made Stalker, are you familiar with Stalker? The, the old... Uh, is that like the Chernobyl game? Yep, the old like first-person shooters that were set in Chernobyl. The um, They were kind of like the original ancestors for the Metro games that are now oh, okay. still in existence, I think. There's Maybe. a new Metro coming out at some point. Yeah, there was some weirdness there because yeah. they were part of THQ. and Yeah, the, the weird thing is that actually the Stalker franchise is based vaguely on the film Stalker by... Um, I'm going to butcher this name, but by Russian film director Andrei Tarkovsky, which is Sounded like right. a very slow and ponderous film about like these men traveling. This actually predates the actual events in Chernobyl, but traveling to what is essentially Chernobyl, the site of like a great disaster. So he predicted Chernobyl. Yes, essentially. And then we no. made a video game out of it. Yeah. Awesome. It's actually it's a famous film that was really hard to find in the US until just recently. I think the Criterion Collection just this past summer finally got a copy of it that they that they um took a print and restored it but That's uh, what they do the video games are based on that anyway the folks who made stalker or some of them at least are making a battle royale game set in chernobyl sochi no, chernobyl i'm just joking <laughs> it's called the olympics <laughs> 2016 <laughs> i mean when you see footage like like pictures from what Sochi was like when everybody showed up, it kind of feels like maybe it was yeah. in that sort yeah, of situation. Like, Undoubtedly. People who seemingly had like never built anything were being told to like build an entire building or an event space. Oh man, it would be actually really cool if the Chernobyl did host an Olympic Games. They cannot do that. Well, maybe in like 200 years. I don't know how radiation there? works. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> Let's ask anyway. our friend. Marie Curie. So the cool thing about this is that you're you're obviously trying to kill 99 other people in this battle royale. But it's obviously what I am doing. You also have to keep an eye out for mutant wolves. <laughs> Which seems like are a very are obvious... Are wolves the only other creature? No, I don't know. I just... I, I, there's mutants in it. I just okay. made up the wolves part. Oh, okay. That's cool, though. It seems I like, like there would be wolves there. That's a great spin on it, and that they can take that for free. I mean, really, mutant anything is going to be kind of scary. So it could, like, throw mutant chipmunks at you that speak in, like, a really high register. Imagine how hard they'd be to shoot. Oh, God. Incredibly difficult until they're right up in your face. And oh. then you have to hold the gun, like, to your face in order to shoot it off, but you might shoot your nose off, too. Yeah, I love that. I assume um, that's Alvin and the Chipmunks 5. <laughs> it's just David Cross. Dave goes hunting. <laughs> um, <laughs> Marching through a demilitarized zone, murdering chipmunks. This does raise a really interesting kind of, like, extension of what do you do now to build on the Battle Royale formula? You introduce a common enemy. The idea that you and another person would have to like maybe potentially fend off against like these creatures that are coming at you because you know you can only survive if this other person is helping you, but then that's actually a you very must kill each other. Idea. Well, th do you remember um, in Kane and Lynch two there was a multiplayer mode? <laughs> you mean uh, snuff the game? Yeah, exactly. Uh, the game that was too real for me. Um, legitimately way too real. For yeah, me. I did not enjoy it, but it there was made a me feel ill. Yeah, there was a uh, multiplayer mode in that where it was you were all part of like a heist 
Um, and so you were fighting against AI cops. And then at a certain point, though, only one person could make it out. And so the question was, when do you betray the rest of your team with the knowledge that if you That's don't so have the whole firepower of the team, you'll probably die to AI? Um, That's such a great idea. Or the maybe balance... it was that like one person was the mole or something. There was some weird oh, thing so you like to that. find out who. Right. And okay. they, they could just start killing people. But I think there were only like That's four missions and it idea. never changed. And so after a while, everybody was just like, well, I know what happens. And they just shoot everybody at the start. Yeah. Uh, but there's, there's a lot to be done there and I don't know if anybody's nailed it. So why not within battle Royale? Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's going to be a, a, the balance will be difficult to figure out, but I hope that it actually turns out like that. Um, uh, incidental related note, uh, in news, Red Dead Redemption 2 has been pushed to October, as you might or may not have seen. And it is October of this year, correct? October of this year, yeah. October okay. uh, Happy birthday to us. Exactly. I think it's the 26th. Is that still... Quote me on that. <laughs> Take it to the bank. Um, I want to add that I first read about Red Dead 2 being pushed to October on um, on Eurogamer, and Eurogamer had excerpted the, excerpted the entire quote from the Rockstar blog. And they had set it in courier font for some reason. Awesome. I read so much into that before I was like, I should probably just go to the blog, like Rockstar blog and find out why. But I was like, or if it actually is in courier, which it's not. But I, I sat there for five minutes being like, does Rockstar really issue all of its statements in courier? Or it, does it just do it for Red Dead Redemption? Because courier mimics a typewriter, which mm. more or less might have been on the verge of existence maybe it feels old it does feel old <laughs> yeah or maybe they like literally just sent out like typed up notes by I, by that, mail i totally would believe that using the post rockstar used to be into like all the sorts pony of express cool <laughs> they used to do all sorts of cool things with video game journalists so i assume they'll do lots of cool stuff with us but like for vice city <laughs> they sent everybody like a coke mirror Oh. And for, uh, I think it was GTA 3, they sent everybody like Louisville Sluggers that had uh, the GTA 3 logo on them. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Also, I want to add that my naivete made me think that by Coke mirror, it was like one of those bar mirrors, but it just said Coca-Cola. Yeah, that was it. It was a real <laughs> weird crossover thing. You know what that movie Scarface is about? Uh, a lot of Coca-Cola. It's a bottling plant. But Mexican Coke. Yes, it's good sugar. <laughs> it's the, the good it's the best sugar and he's got all this sugar and he's like i need to get this into the coke <laughs> and the big bad coca-cola company is like no we use corn syrup now and so he shoots them all <laughs> his only method for getting it into the coke is to sniff it all up and then expel it out <laughs> and vomit it out like a mother bird into um, each bottle in any case the really incidental part about this is that one of the reasons it's being delayed according to a leak is that there's going to be a battle royale mode so it's only a matter of time before we get Knack 3 Battle Royale. I would play that. Oh, I would play it too. Uh, actually, I do think that a Rockstar game is a great setting for a Battle Royale. Mode. Oh, it's brilliant. I'm surprised that they're not just trying something like that within GTA Online already. I wonder if it's just something where they don't want to blow their load too early. <laughs> so <Possibly>. to speak. <laughs> <laughs> if you will. Metaphorically, <laughs> yes, as a synecdoche, <laughs> I still don't know what that means. I still don't know. Um, anyway, let's move on. Sources say that this year's Call of Duty is going to be Black Ops 4. No, another Treyarch joint. No fucking way, yeah, that's so dumb. Yeah, I wonder how far back they'll go because that we now have established they went that, forward in the last one, yeah. But they now you don't want to play as your yeah, as your son at war, you want to play as your grandfather at war, grandpa's war. So, how far back can we revolutionary black ops? I'm actually kind of like, surprised they haven't done a revolutionary. I think it's war just a matter of, of time. I guess the guns aren't particularly fun. But you you just fidget with that in some way, or civil war maybe. I don't. Know, civil war is way too complicated. They wouldn't even touch that. Uh, they definitely would. Touch yeah, actually, that. you're right, dude. Like, check th that. There is somebody within Do you the Call play of Duty the Confederates. <laughs> <laughs> There's somebody within a Call of Duty team who's like, yeah. There's one really raw level where you're on a plantation, and you're just like, everybody else in the room is just like, we shouldn't do that. And then somebody else is like, we sold a lot of that one with the terrorists. Press X to <laughs> yeah. insert awful thing <laughs> yeah. that you could do here any awful thing yeah uh yeah 
great. I kind of hope it happens just so that we could see it happen. There's like a contiguous storyline in this Black Ops games. Like it's like the son yeah. of the guy well, Gary, from the previous one. Gary Oldman plays like a role in half of them. <laughs> oh, half of them. Yeah. So one and a half games right now. What if Gary Oldman reprises his character, George Smiley from Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, but mm. only in the Black Ops universe. That seems like a feasible thing. We live in hell. <laughs> I might play it. Um, anyway, one of the things that I wanted to bring up related to this is that I only just learned this, but um, have you ever heard of the Call of Duty endowment? endowment? No, but definitely Call of Duty. It seems like the work of people who are not very well endowed <laughs> and wish to compensate. Keep going. That's where your mind went. Um, this is a nonprofit foundation that the CEO of Activision slash Blizzard established in, 20, in 2009. And so it funds organizations that assist veterans in finding employment. Are you talking about Bobby Kotick? Yeah. I thought Bobby Kotick was a dick. Well, I mean, apparently he still is, but they do something. That's and really cool. I think it's only like 30K or something per year. But, for, you know, for the individual or for oh, no, everyone? That funds this for the organizations. That is really cool, though, as an idea. Well, according to the site, it's um, to like the the actual Activision site. It's it's helped more than forty three thousand U.S. vets find full time work. So that's awesome, and yeah. I take back everything bad I ever said about Activision and or Call of Duty. I take back a, a Gary Oldman's role worth of it, which is half of it. Yeah. Um, I still don't know how I feel about the idea of them doing a civil war one. Cause I really want to see it. And I sort of really don't. And they won't, I don't think they will. I think the guns are too boring. Uh, they take too long to reload. Yeah. That's but, true. but you could be part of the first submarine in human history and be crushed under. Never mind. That, that would be kind of cool. That would be, I mean, they all died, but, Oh dude, they're not ashamed. To, like they're not scared to do oh, that. Yeah, actually, they're really good at that. Yeah. They, they love just, like, killing, killing you. Yeah. Killing you. Yeah. If only they would do it once and for all. <laughs> um, Mario Odyssey producer Yoshiaki Koizuma. You nailed it. I, I knew you would know. Uh, confirms. I've been practicing all day. <laughs> anyway, he's confirmed that Toad's mushroom, the mushroom on his head, is in fact his head and not just a hat. Yeah. He never takes it off. Of course it's his head. He's a mushroom man. I mean, this was never a mystery to me, but apparently for the majority of the internet, this is news. This appeared on every single gaming site I, I perused. <laughs> quickly this the afternoon. only new sites that we look at this appeared on at least four each okay. one was accompanied by a um, either a clip or a screen <laughs> a, cap. A black ops worth <laughs> this was either <laughs> accompanied by a, it is black a black ops worth our new measurement it's, oh, kind it's, of our, uh, it's, it's our, our new measurement of four yeah. things <laughs> it's like a gross <laughs> is 144 a black ops is four things um hopefully as of soon but uh yeah i guess a lot of people were confused about this because there's some from the super mario super show the old cartoon there's some video of toad taking it off and it reveals that he is a bald man with a few wisps of hair on the top of his head like george costanza that is far more disturbing than it yes. being his actual head oh i was really upset he looks more like a penis <laughs> wait does he currently ah, mushrooms always kind of look like little i got a lot of questions about you let's take a break Results are inconclusive. <laughs> uh, Mario Kart is on the smartphone soon. <laughs> by soon, I mean 2019. On the smartphone. The smartphone. No, the smartphone. The, the single smartphone. Well, by 2019, we're only going to have one. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, it's going to be branded just as smartphone in this repo man future where everything is just like branded as it it's is. It's a Dharma initiative generic version yeah. of things. Well, when there's, when every, when there's a monopoly, there's no reason to call it anything other than what it is, what it is true. We reached the platonic ideal of everything. <laughs> um, did you hear about this? It's I called did. Mario Kart tour. I did. Yeah. And I'm very curious to know what it will be because number one, phones have bad controls and Mario Kart is like explicitly a game about having exceptionally tight controls. There is an accelerometer though in the phone. There is. Similar but the, to the only Mario Kart that I think is bad is the Wii one, which was entirely based around steering with the controller, like tilting it. Yeah. And so I don't understand how this could possibly be a good idea. It's not going to be nearly as good, but I understand why it's a good idea for Nintendo because yes, they're going to make money. Cha ching. Yes. Everybody loves Mario Kart. Actually, uh, Cha ching. People in my office tonight are doing a LAN party of, uh, uh, Mario Kart 
on the Switch. That's what Nintendo loves. Yeah. Because it means money. That's all Nintendo cares about these money. days. Um, also, did you know that there's a Mario Kart park in Universal Studios? I did. Or there's going to be yeah, one? Yeah, they're like various? building Nintendo World there. Yeah. Which is, I didn't know, I didn't know about that. Um, but actually, that's segues into a new conversation because Universal owns um, Illumination Animation. Have you heard of that? Yes. They do the... Uh, they the do all the animated min, movies that I don't onions. want to see. What are those called? Yeah, the, the little onions. Yeah, the little yellow, the yellow the little highlighter yellow men. Peanut people who have butts. They like, there seems to be a lot of butt humor. Get, get, judging, having never seen any of these movies, but judging from the ads that I see on the train, have you ever seen a children's film? There's a lot of like ass cracks in the minions. Kids love ass. Okay, that's ass fine. Humor. I'm I'm not opposed to that. I'm opposed to the minions having human butts. Well, how do you think they excrete? I don't think they need to. They're little like nubbin people. Mario has nipples. Yeah. Minions have asses. This is our future that is highly sexualized. In any case, um, and Toad apparently is just a dong. So Illumination will be releasing the new Mario Brother, Super Mario Brothers 2. Movie? Yeah, movie. Oh, no. Sequel to the John Leguizamo, Bob Hoskins film from 1994. That is bold that you went for it. Four. We could fact check this. 93. We won't. Well, they release them one every four years. Yes. Uh, and but then they skipped. Is, they, they did do a year where they skipped a year. So they might have gone from odd to even. Right. Then. And this and this isn't the winter one. No. Um, I don't know. I would say uh, I don't want to see this and I don't think it should exist. Uh, Miyamoto is serving as producer on it. No. Yeah. No, I'm just expressing an opinion. <laughs> Sorry, but my opinion is no. <laughs> yeah, I feel no about that. All right, I... Hmm. You really won't go see it? Oh, I'll 100% see it. Oh, okay. But... I will not like it. I can tell you right now, whatever... Do you, do you imbibe any kind of substances, illegal legal or otherwise, before you go watch... Whatever I can Mario, find... Super Mario Brothers 2, any, the film? Whatever. Give it to me. I'm taking it. No, I... I, I want to go in stone cold sober. I, what I imagine will happen is that I will have uh, a beer at a bar and then I will go see this movie and I will say, I'm disappointed and they've sort of ruined something that I thought was very pure and innocent because it has butt jokes in it. And then you'll apologize to whoever you went with Yeah, over and over again. Extremely profusely. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Uh, uh, because minions are likely to have a crossover at this point oh we thought rabbits were bad i didn't think the rabbits were so bad because it just seems so insane but minions are like i i put rabbits above minions yeah um wait are we going to talk about uh uh what's the weird cardboard thing called oh the labdo we labo labo lobo lobo is it called lobo or I labo? Thought it was lab dough like lab like it's a lab. How do we not know? This is easily the biggest video game news I, of the past I two weeks. I've not been particularly interested in this. That's why I don't know anything okay, about it. Okay, so Nintendo's putting out this thing. It's called Nintendo Labo. And it's... Labdo. Uh, it's a bunch of cardboard sheets that like controllers fit into. And then there are associated games that will be like kind of creation focused. So there's like a racing game that allows you to make courses for it. But then you have these little RC cars that are driven by the switch remotes yeah you put one uh, switch remote in the thing and that operates the the actual individual little like robot cardboard robot that you've built yeah and then the other one controls well there's a lot of different games yeah there's and a there's a fishing one there's a rumor or maybe it's confirmed that you'll be able to just get the patterns for the cardboard things off the internet and like cut your own out well it seems like only a matter of time until those are released well yeah. but then the games are separate from that so i don't know but so you still have to download the software well you'd yeah. have to buy the game for like 60 bucks but even if you lose all the cardboard that it comes with you could still just take your amazon boxes and make the things yeah which is pretty cool so it, you, this has no interest to you? Uh, not really, but I was never like an Erector set kid. I was more Lego oriented. This seems pretty potentially Lego-y in the Mindstorm sense of like you have a programmable robot or programmable game and you have like a, a creative outlet. But that all outlet. came way after I was into Legos. Mm, that's probably true. I just like building buildings and then making up stories. I had the robot one. 
Yeah, I, I mean, there is like there's some very basic programming that goes into the creation part of this, where you can say if yeah. this, then that. Yeah, that's exactly what which uh, is, the Lego Mindstorms were. Which like. is pretty cool. It was but, great. Yeah, I, it's also just like not not my thing, so I haven't really paid attention to this. Good um, point. I probably won't pursue it. If you get it, I'll pay as much attention to that as I will to the ancient Chinese game of Go. Damn. <laughs> Maybe you can build a, go, a computer to play Go against you <laughs> with your lab deck. <laughs> I will I will do that and I will crush it every time because I'm a bad programmer. Yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's just like slightly too complicated for me to engage with as something I'm reading about online. Gotcha. Yeah. Anyways, it definitely is the biggest video game news of the last two weeks and we've devoted the least amount of time to it. I mean, when is it even out? I don't know anything about it. Soon. 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 This year. Wow. Anyways, what else happened? That's that's all I had. That oh, was the really? news. I haven't. I've I've been. I was just enjoying busy reading I, the real news. I was just having fun, man. Yeah, but you don't read about the Olympics. You don't. Yeah, read did about you read lab. the memo? Oh no, I didn't actually read. You it. didn't actually read the memo? No. Okay. Let's take a break. I didn't read the memo. <laughs> yes, you're not really missing much. Uh, instead, I actually refilled my drink. One thing that I wanted to add is that, uh, as I've mentioned before, I think I do the New York Times crossword almost every day. Um, I am shocked how often Mario shows up as a clue, not an answer, but a clue in the crossword. Are the answers more deep cuts from the Mario universe? They'll either be deep cuts from the Mario universe, um, a reference to a Nintendo console, Okay. Or they will be that you have to rearrange the phrase, it's a me, Mario, into <laughs> Marissa Tomei, because apparently those are anagrams. <laughs> <laughs> One of the recent ones was called, like, the clue was Hollywood Shuffle. The Robert uh, Townsend movie was, like, both an answer and a clue. And so it gave the clue, that that was, like, the puzzle clue, right? Uh-huh. To, like, help you unlock five of the the... This is why puzzle. I don't do these. I and, don't even understand what you're saying. And the quote was, it's a me, Mario. And I realized like, okay, so the other ones have been anagrams of random phrases. This has nothing to do with Mario. It is just like, apparently, it's a me, Mario is considered Hollywood enough that I have to shuffle around these letters and find what? something else that is vaguely Hollywood. That is crazy. And it shuffles around into, as an anagram, into Marissa Tomei. I think it's difficult to conceptualize when you're in video games. You're like, well, yeah, Mario's pretty big. But yeah. I think uh, it's easy to forget just how big Mario is in culture. And it just, is. And just how like Nintendo is Disney on some level where they just sort of are part of everything. Totally. I think that, you, that, you, that you're right that because we are so deep within the culture, we often miss the very obvious, mm-hmm. which is why like there's part of me that's like, well, anybody go see a Mario movie? Of everyone course, will see everyone will movie. go see a Mario movie. If a Mario movie comes out, my family will be like, have you seen the, the Mario, Mario movie yet? Because they yeah. know that I like video games and they might not see it, but they'll think about it. Yeah. And when they think about Mario, they think of you. Yes. Guaranteed any, any, any of our extended family, whenever they see Mario, there's a part of them that goes, oh, I think Matt likes video games. <laughs> my family thinks that. It's yeah. kind of weird. <laughs> they know how much I like Mario. <laughs> Um, but in any case, yeah, Mar- it's a me, Mario, Marissa Tomei, anagrams. I, this is an incredible, incredible nugget of information. I'm glad that we shared it with the wider world, <laughs> not just the nerds who do the crossword puzzle. I really like the New York Times crossword puzzle, but it's been weak in 2018 so far. Really? Why is that? Uh, a lot of the clues have just been sort of lame. Oh, that sucks. Have you yeah. uh, been playing anything that's not lame? Um, I've been playing a game that I think is very good, and after lots of hours... I've decided I don't like. Is this the PUBG Minute? It's the PUBG Minute. Cue the clock. Uh, so uh, someone left their Xbox at my apartment not too long ago. And I started playing, because they had PUBG, I started playing a bunch of PUBG on their account. And I kind of quickly entered this thing where I would come home from work, I'd play two rounds of PUBG, and then I would do whatever I needed to do, then make dinner, then you know watch TV or a movie or something along those lines. Um, this is my life. What a thrilling window. As I return to my hobbit hole every night. <laughs> Close that round door. <laughs> switch on the Xbox. It's a green glow. The light so up my <laughs> pipe. <laughs> so Actually, inviting. I did light up the pipe quite a few times. <laughs> there is something truly like, like, throw-like in, I just said like many times. There is something truly Walden-like 
in <laughs> getting stoned and playing PUBG because you really do start to just like <laughs> mellow out in like your little location for such. And then you're like, how long has passed? I should probably look at the map. What do I press to look at the map? <laughs> then you're just struggling with the incredibly <laughs> obtuse controls, controller layout, which I have gotten so used to. Yeah, there. It's amazing how rapidly you're just like, well, of course I click the left trigger, which is an an action that is not in any other video game I've ever played, where the left trigger is both a click and also a like pull it to yeah, hold, which and those are different actions. I've gotten so used to it that it's going to really mess up whatever game. I start playing when you next. start playing Black Ops Four, yeah. <laughs> great, great, great grandpops edition. <laughs> <laughs> what would great, great, great grandpops make of a controller with triggers? I can, having yeah. having felt the greatest terror of his life pulling a real trigger. <laughs> Needs more rumble. Yeah, that's probably true. He would say we were weak. <laughs> um. So I've been playing a lot of PUBG. Uh, I started out really liking PUBG, and I realized that that's because um, PUBG kind of played into something that I really look for in games, like walking simulators especially, which is sort of just a very quiet, con- contemplative... A Walden-esque, Walden-esque experience. experience. So when I started playing PUBG, um, I'd only played it previously with you there. So I started playing alone. I started playing with headphones. And it's much better with headphones. It's much better with headphones because the, the sound design is, is absolutely terrific. Yes. Um, I would just always go to the furthest corner of the map that I could find, like when I left the plane, and I would just wander around and sort of take in the island. Mm. Um, it was more, a, you, you were like, a, you were like a, a Steve Irwin documenting the flora and fauna. I was more like a, a, a Rick Steves. Okay. To, to turn that on you. I like yeah, it. I was, it was just kind of meandering through the countryside. I'd pick up a gun and I actually <laughs> like, shockingly like often... Like Rick Steves. Right, Rick Steves. <laughs> <laughs> At least that one episode. Um, <laughs> they don't air that one anymore, <laughs> <No>. though. <laughs> Only on HBO. Um, <laughs> Rick Steves, HBO late night. <laughs> <laughs> It's all softcore, though. Rick Don't worry Steve about it. Rick Steve's like a sex tourist <laughs> in Southeast Asia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's so messed up. Um, oh, oh, what, a, what an episode for my mom to start listening to. <laughs> uh, in any case, I would wander around a lot and just sort of like take in the environment, et cetera, et cetera. But I um, didn't. I was really bad at the shooting, so I would avoid shooting. Yeah, and I actually got really good at this. I came in my my third match, I think, playing like this way. I came in the top three. You got really good at avoiding conflict. At avoiding conflict. And I'd like hiding. to think that I've done that in my life. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, when you get good at it in the video game, it's like, it becomes slightly easier. So wax too. on, wax off. Yeah. In life, life I experience. also I also avoid getting shot, and you just hide in a bathroom yeah. waiting. Um, and I spent a lot of time and there was a lot of very tense moments where I would be like, there's a, there's a car right outside this house and all the doors are open, but I want to go in cause I'm just kind of curious what's in there. And then I realized, Oh no, like belatedly, I would always realize that that probably meant that there's somebody in here. Yeah. Cause it took me so long to realize that no door is ever open no. when you land. Everything is closed. Um, so which is like great. It's one of those in a corner and like listen for a sound. Mm-hmm. But mostly it was just like a lot of kind of like blissful wandering. Um, and I also was always like I'd be carrying a gun, so I would never be running without a gun, which is how you go really fast. Yeah. The issue is, is that eventually I switched to playing on the team-based one, the squad-based one. Because it's kind of fun to play with other people sometimes. And I'll have more notes on that later. But I switched to the team-based one. And when you're doing that, you actively have to learn how to shoot because people are depending on you. Your brothers in arms. Yes, your brothers your, and sisters your in arms. Your new best friends. Your new best friends are depending on you. So I gradually learned how to shoot and I got better at shooting. So in like the latter half of my probably like eight hours playing this game, I have gotten better at shooting and now I play it like everybody else plays it, which yeah. is to say I land and I frantically search for stuff. There's no more taking in, like, I don't stop to smell the roses. <laughs> I. <laughs> Your Rick Steves travel guy I becomes go to the nearest shed. Yeah, I'm, but I mean, I, I am yeah. all, always looking for the right gun, yes. the right, the right armor, 
and then a scope for the gun. And I'm just get that in a helmet. frantic search and I'm always frantically moving, constantly moving. So it goes from like a game where it is like 20 minutes of just kind of like chilling contemplation, like taking in everything, listening to the kind of incredible sound that the waves make when you're near the beach. Yeah, it's really to, good. I am always on the move. I always need to find something better. There's probably something better right over that ridge, but there's also danger. I need to be moving. I need to be moving. And not surprisingly, the end result of this on your nerves, when a game ends, I always feel like, uh, I was like I was saying earlier, this it reminds me of like cigarettes where it's like, I think I want this thing because I have vague memories of it feeling good every single time. Right. And I think it'll give me like a high, but really what it does is just like amp up my adrenaline, increase my heart rate, and then make me feel sick afterwards. <laughs> and that is, that is player unknowns battlegrounds. Like, yeah. To me. And immediately afterwards, you disliked the experience a little bit, but you know you're coming back. Yes, 100%. And, and that's why I would always play a second round. That I, I totally understand that because I feel that that game, Counter-Strike had this, any game that's like round-based and then it's good, yeah. has this sort of dark element where I feel like I'm consistently bad at stopping at the right point. And I oftentimes leave them bad because if I play a good round, I say, I'm going to play again because that was awesome. Exactly. And if I play, play a, a bad, bad round, round, I say, I'm going to play again because I know it could be better. And then that next round is never as good or as redemptive as I need it. It's to never be. satisfying. You're yeah. never truly satisfied. You always could have done better. Um, that being said, I stand by the fact that this game is an incredible story generator. And there are so many of my adventures on this fucked little island in the middle of wherever this is supposed to be that, like, I will remember for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of your life. Talk about darkness, too. This is your chi- your grandchildren will talk about their grandfather's war, and it will be Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. <laughs> <laughs> there will be a game in which you play your grandfather playing Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. We will come full circle. Oh, truly. And then people will find this podcast and they'll say they knew all along. <laughs> Geniuses. Um, <laughs> I think that, that one of the most interesting things about the game is is the squad-based play. Yeah. I was playing because I never had a microphone that worked. I was playing where I could hear everybody, but they could not hear me. Shape so of I water. Would... Ship? Shape, oh, of, shape water. of water. I have not seen that film. Oh, it's about a woman who's mute. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I was the woman. fish man. I did. did well, weird. Did you do that? Um, if you go out far enough. Okay. Into the ocean. Tell me more. You can look for a fish man. Okay. But you won't find them. Easter eggs. Kind of like Tinder. The sweetest caviar. <laughs> In any case. <laughs> um, so I would always have to communicate with people in other ways. Okay. Which you can do via the map uh, by setting points or just by nodding your head, I assume, and shaking your body in various ways. (laughs) Just jiggling. So this often worked out. And I like, there were some, some of the best games were when I was just with some guys and we were just like, we were avenging people and like, and like had each other's backs and it's very exciting. And they're always like referring to me as the silent one. Oh, that's awesome. So like, they're like, he doesn't talk. And at one point someone was like, oh man, he does or she doesn't talk because she's a girl because the avatar is a female. Yeah. So she doesn't want to like engage with guys. And it was like, well, you kind of get it. <laughs> like <laughs> you're teetering on the edge <laughs> of a realization. Yeah. Um, but in any case, it also goes south. Like one time I was playing with these dudes and um, we were in like this town and we cleared out the town and then uh, we went or I went up into like the upstairs of this apartment and started like looking for stuff. And at one point I hear the two other guys come up behind me and I like turn around being like, there's so much cool stuff in here, guys. And they just both lit me up, (laughs) which revealed to me that apparently like in this game, there are lots of teams that are like, no, we just want to play with two people. You can choose to play with fewer people. You can play a one man, a one man team if you want. And so I think a lot of people play with four and use you as a mule to basically gather good shit and then they kill you and take your good shit. Yeah. One of my favorite of these games, though, was this time that I dropped with these two dudes. There were only three of us because the fourth guy bailed. Um, and one of them couldn't follow directions, so it was on the opposite side of the map. And the other two, the other guy and I were in this prison. And uh, we're kind of like going through the prison and we, we take out like a few guys who dropped with us. 
and we grab a bunch of good stuff and he's talking and the other guy's talking and he's just like being like the silent guy is with me <laughs> a little weird he's kind of freaking me out and he's like i've never played this game before i just play a bunch of Fortnite." so we're we're like going to meet up with the other guy because we're within the circle and we're outfitted with a lot of stuff yeah. and um the guy that i'm with and he's clearly very young this 12 13 he's like i play a lot of Fortnite. you guys play Fortnite." And the other guy was like, no, I haven't played it. And he's like, it has friendly fire. Does it have friendly fire? <laughs> <laughs> and and the other guy was like, yeah, yeah, you can just kill people. And the other guy's still on the other side of the map. Right. And um, the guy that I'm with just turns around, <laughs> <laughs> points his shotgun at me. And he's like, I think he can hear me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like nodding to indicate I could hear him. And he's like, yeah, he can hear me. And he just shoots me in the head. And I'm like, I'm on the ground, like bleeding out and you don't die. Immediately. Yeah, yeah, they have to. They have the opportunity and he just to like stands you. over me and I hear the other guy come over the comm being like, are you in a gunfight? And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and he shoots me again in the head and I'm still listening. I'm dead at this point. The camera zooms up so I can look at my body as yeah, this like yeah. 12 year old loots me. <laughs> and the guy across the map is like, I hear gunfire. And it's like silent. He's like, did you shoot him? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. He's like, ha oh, you're mad cool. <laughs> and I quit. And that's awesome. I stopped playing. And then for, you friended for, both of them. You know, I stopped playing for 24 hours at that point because I was so angry at the time. That's so ridiculous. And I realized it was a ridiculous thing to be angry about. And it's become my favorite thing that's happened in the game. I love it. It's, but uh, there's a really dark insight into both human nature and just the the sort of culture that we have created. Oh, 100 percent. When it's you when so you play disturbing. that game with other people, it's weird because there's the there's the people who play it and you drop into it and you're like, are you guys all ex-military? Because <laughs> you're acting. like Yeah, it. it's like also a weird play acting thing where you're like, even if this is something that you used to do professionally, it's creepy the way that you do it now. Yeah. And like you use rape as a verb a lot. <laughs> oh, I mean that's that's the internet friend. Yeah, uh, it's a bad place. So anyway, that's PUBG. It's a perfect product, but it is one of the coolest and best deeply games. flawed. It is it is super cool. I don't I don't like it. At the end of the day, it does not make me feel good. I'm really happy when this Xbox leaves my apartment. Okay, I'm going to be really happy. But I thoroughly enjoyed my two weeks of playing this game. That's that was my hope. Spoiler, I'm the guy that left the Xbox. Anyway, uh, that's awesome. Did you play anything else? Uh, no, that's literally all I've been playing. That and the New York Times crossword puzzle. Gotcha. What have, uh, what have you been playing? Playing some some Go? <sighs> I, dude, I've been playing a lot of Go. Um, so Go is still awesome. The ancient Chinese game of Go. I still All can, these years, after all these years. It still is terrific. I play it on a online-go.com OGS, the online Go server. And if you've never played Go, you should hop on there, play some 9 by 9 It's really, really fun. Play a little 9 by 9 9 by 9 games. Um, it's excellent. Uh, and something I realized about it, and up until this point, I wasn't sure if it was something that you would like, but I've decided that it is, uh, if you would give it a little bit of time just to like understand the rules, because the feelings I get from it are identical to the feelings I get from XCOM. Okay. All right. Can I? Hmm. <laughs> so my favorite thing about XCOM is fucking up. Okay. How do you, is that your favorite thing about XCOM? Uh, in some ways. So what, what I'm referring to Go is a game. It's a strategy game, essentially, where you're trying to surround territory with your pieces, right? Yeah. Uh, and you have to think many moves in advance. And so a lot of Go is you're playing a game and you're like, what is this guy doing? They're so dumb. And you're just putting pieces down and you're feeling really good. And you feel like you're totally crushing this person. And then there's just a moment where you go, they play a move and you go, oh, oh, no. And you're like, suddenly the actual situation that you're in makes itself super apparent. And you're like, oh, no, I'm so overextended in this area. And that whole group of like stones is going to die, which is stones are the pieces and go. So it's like having the equivalent of you send an XCOM guy far, way too far yep, out. It's exactly that. And where, you, where you're starting to feel like, well, I'm in control of this situation. So is it fun to lose control? Yes, 
uh, because you can recover sometimes. Yeah. But also because there's a lot of joy to it in just losing a game and then figuring out why you lost it. And like going back oh, cool. through and like reviewing it and going, oh, if right here I had just been smarter, <laughs> that wouldn't have happened. And so something I've been trying to do, just because I'm enjoying the game and it's fun, uh, I'll review my games like that. And then I'll have something where it's like, next game, I won't do that. Right. And so I just pick a really dumb thing. It's just like, I won't make that shape again because that shape got this part of my board killed. Uh, and so um, it's a lot of like very small things like that. But I feel like that's the experience of XCOM for me, where it's like, oh, I played that mission and I lost two dudes because I thought that this sort of a strategy would work. But actually, that never works. Like that, that is bad because it leaves me open in this other way. And so what if I just say, I just never do that? Like, what happens? It's a lot of what would happen if I tried it like that. But do you ever get rewarded for taking those risks as well? Oh, yeah. Okay. So that, yeah, that's the key is that it is a risk reward game, basically. Oh, like, like all, I think I just described every game. <laughs> you described every good game. Yeah. But it, it definitely is that sort of okay. thing where it's, if, if you go and you're like, what if I just like did it and the other person doesn't capitalize, yeah. it could be huge for you. But the question is whether or not they will capitalize. I think that my favorite thing about XCOM is is sort of like taking stupid is that taking stupid risks. I like to take stupid risks and see how they fall out. And I enjoy that. And I kind of like playing by the seat of my pants mm. to borrow my great great grandfather's phrase, I assume. Yeah. Where does that come from? Uh by the seat of your pants. I think it means that if you're in a plane, because it's flying by the seat of your pants, mm. and I believe that it's like, rather than looking at the instruments, you are feeling the motions of the plane uh, through your butt. Oh, like what minions do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's an old minion phrase. I think that there's this this aspect of Go that um, seems so mathematical and so careful in a way that potentially turns me off that I guess my question is, can you play can you play go by the seat of your pants? And I'm not saying, can you play go well by the seat of your pants, but is it possible to even start playing go yes. based there, on so, instinct? So, uh, like, well, that's actually kind of the most fun part about it in a way is like the real masters of go are not the people necessarily, like there are people who just look at it forever. Right. Mm -hmm. But there's this like great reverence for the, the people who are just like playing it kind of on feel. Oh, that's awesome. There the fact this, that there is a reverence for that yeah. is super Without, I hope this doesn't sound like culturally um, <laughs> insensitive, but it feels very Eastern uh, well, that there is there just is, like there is a respect for doing something a certain like not necessarily the way that is. Oh, definitely, there is a gross overgeneralization that uh, South Korea views Go as a sport, but Japan views it as an art. Yes, where and and there's yes, this one this. there's this one Japanese Go champion. I haven't actually, I've try, been trying to track down this quote. I was watching this other video and somebody just like said that they had heard this and I don't even care if it's real because it's just so delightful. But there's this Go champion and he was like really good in the 80s. Stopped playing Go. It was He was like a pro. Stopped. Went and became a dancer. <laughs> then came back to Go in like the mid 90s being like, I have learned how to dance <laughs> and just started killing people <laughs> he was really good in go yeah and apparently he gives interviews where he just says things like you just need to play the move that you want to play <laughs> and like there, i fully support this. there's like a real vibe of that where it's yeah. just if you're good like there it's it's one of those things where people go like the beatles couldn't read music and it's like yeah the beatles couldn't read music in the sense that like they couldn't look at sheet music and tell you what it was but the beatles could read music in that sense that they knew looking at the guitar that they were playing at that moment, like what the next part kind of needed to be. What feels good, what sounds good. Yeah, and and in some level, you're kind of doing the same thing. Yeah, oh, I like the idea of going by feel. And and so th there's a lot of that, where especially because sometimes like the things you you would be reading out are so complex, the pros can do it, right? But you're not going to do that. You're just starting out. And like, yeah. it, I, I've been encouraged by the stuff I've been reading and watching and just like also doing it. There's a lot of it that's just kind of like that seems good. Yeah, like there there are two options here, and I just like that one. I think that that's important because that's something that I get bogged down in in games like chess, especially where I chess is super mathy though, in in a way that go go it can be that mathy. 
Well, but, I mean, so can so can XCOM, but yeah, the but ideally, if you get bogged down in that, you're no longer really engaging with the game the way that I or I'm not long, no longer engaging with the game the way I want to engage with games. I want to engage with games on an emotional kind of it's kind of very, physical oh, level and that, an that instinctual is, level. That is how I feel. Yeah, when you're playing Go and it's just kind of like like somebody makes a move that's like close to you or like does something that you kind of didn't expect that feels like aggressive. There's a weird, I get a weird, just like, like, Oh, come what? It's like, they like bump me on the train or something. Yeah. Or you're kind of just like, ah, oh, why would you do that? Huh. And it's, I, I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. And I just love it aesthetically. And I think that there are people out there who would be like, this guy's an idiot. He doesn't know anything. It's all math. Okay. I'm in it because I like the aesthetics of it, and you know it's I like, fun. I like that you have a bowl of pieces uh, when you play a physical game. Oh yeah, I think that's really cool. There's a bowl. Uh, the bowls are very expensive. I can imagine it's all very expensive. But I will be getting a Go set, and I'll force you to play. So it'll be fun. Well, I might need to play online first. Uh, what else have you been playing other than the ancient Chinese game of Go? <laughs> I've been playing uh, two things. I've been playing Get It Over It. With Bennett Foddy. How, how, have you gotten over it yet? I have not gotten over it. It is still on top of me. Uh, that's the game where you're a naked man in a kettle with a hammer and you climb a mountain. It is still really cool. Uh, I started playing it again because I found a mouse pad while I was oh, cleaning up. Dope. And if you remember, uh, I was having trouble with the controls because my mouse skipped a little bit. Yeah. Put it on that mouse pad, really cleaned that up. So it turns out that mouse pads do serve a purpose oh, definitely. in the 21st century. Oh, yeah. So Other than advertising. Yeah, it really works. Um, I'm at a part where I kind of just don't know how to manipulate the controls to do what I want to do, uh, but I'll come back to it. It's the sort of thing that I just like to fire up for 10 minutes and I play it and totally. it's fun. Yeah. Um, but that game's still weird as hell and I love it and you should get it. Um, and if you have it on the computer, use a mouse pad because it really improved my experience. The other thing I played is Hollow Knight. Devotees... Team Cherry? Yes. Okay. Devotees will remember that Hollow Knight is a game I bought on sale on Steam. Uh, it was critic- going back to episode four or it something. Is. Critic- this is going back very far. Critically lauded. <laughs> lauded. Lauded uh, in the past year. And it's kind of a Metroidvania, Dark Souls-y type thing. Um, and I bought it, but then could not play it because it refused to recognize my controller, despite having controller support on the Mac and everything being lined up. And it's a real bad scene because you'd be like, this doesn't work. I'll Google how to make this work. And the Steam forum results will just be somebody like, hey, I bought Hollow Knight and my controller doesn't sync to it, but it syncs to every other game in my Steam library. And you have that feeling of like, oh, thank God someone solved this. No, there's a lot of people saying that. And then you scroll to the first answer and it's just somebody going like, first off, get rid of the Mac. They suck. (laughs) And you're like, okay, well, that's cool. Also not true, but okay. That doesn't help me at all. Um, I emailed the company and they gave me advice that wasn't actually particularly helpful. Um, but what I did is I like did some weird sequence where I booted the game and then connected the controller or something. I, I just was fiddling with it the other day and I got it to work. Oh, damn. So how is it? I don't like that game. (laughs) (laughs) I I think it's kind of (laughs) bad. Um, well, and it, have and you tried playing with a keyboard? Here's the better part. No, they literally tell you as you boot it, which is the most infuriating part about it when your controller doesn't work. There's a picture of a controller and it says better with a controller. <laughs> and you're like, I, that, I know I have one. Um, I don't think it's very good though. It feels and looks like a flash game. Yeah. Uh, it, it's like kind of snappy and kind of not the enemies like don't respond in a satisfying way when you hit them. And also the controller just randomly, and I can't tell if this is further problems with their controller support, but the controller randomly was cut out. That's definitely not a good thing. No, it's not it's, built into the game. No, the way. and it's like a Twitch ass, like you die game. It's a surprise kind and of so, d- eternal darkness. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. It, yes. This is like the meta game <laughs> is that the controller just cuts out sometimes. That's how hard it is. Oh, so raw. Uh, wait, what kind of a game is this? It's game? a Metroidvania. It's, it's a Metroidvania like Dark Souls like. Yeah. So you like start in the town and then you just like jump into this well. Is and it a then- roguelike? Or no, you carry stuff. Apparently you can earn a dodge. 
uh, which would make the game a lot better, but I don't have that. And you so I never have to earn a dodge. I agree. I just get murdered and then the controller cuts out and I just get murdered and it doesn't feel great to hit things. I don't think Hollow Knight's a very good video game. And that makes me sad because it took me like six months to play it. And I really wish I could get a refund for that $10. I think you can you still? No, I cannot. If you played less than... I tried. You cannot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So anyways, Hollow Knight's not great. Um, Go is totally deserving of its (laughs) 3,000-year history. (laughs) And getting over it remains great. And I'm sure that 3,000 years from now, everybody will be talking about that game that Bennett Foddy made. <laughs> um, anyways, Matt, uh, what's something cool that you experienced in the last two weeks? Um, uh, I know you told me not to do this ever. Okay. But I'm going to endorse another podcast. Oh, no. What, people have limited time. I know. And We're already taking so much of it. <laughs> but this has nothing to do with video games so far. I'm going to endorse the Paris Review podcast. Okay. Uh, the Paris Review is a literary journal out of New York. It was started by George Plimpton. <laughs> that makes no fucking sense. Huh? What do you mean? It's the Paris Review out of New York? Yeah, I didn't name it. That's so dumb. They think they can write? Have you, do you, have you ever watched Bored to Death? Yeah. Do you know that that's based, that like the, the character that Ted Danson plays is based on the founder of the Paris Review? No. Okay. It'll make much more sense if you okay. think about that. It's founded, the Paris Review is founded by George Plimpton, who is a man who talks like Fraser Crane, but worse. <laughs> Terrific. That kind of like mid-Atlantic accent yep. that's like earned by like schoolboys at yeah. Exeter. Um, there's occasional interviews where he'll talk about like like boxing with Hemingway or he'll like go down and speak with Eudora Welty in the what? South and <laughs> ask her questions about like her favorite, I don't know, like like random shit. Um, in any case, it's, but the best thing about this podcast is that first of all, there's a, the Paris Review is like one of the most eminent like literary journals in the entire world. So they get a lot of really good stuff and they, for the podcast, get a lot of really interesting people to read stuff like David Sedaris reading Frank O'Hara. Um, that's awesome. Or, or like Robert Pattinson reading, um, I think it was James Whitman poem and we, we love some Bobby Pattinson. Dude, you just segued into mine. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Keep going. So like, I mean, it's, it's cool. Like, like one of my favorites is uh, Dakota Johnson of the Fifty Shades series, yeah, yeah. reading a Roberto Bolaño poem, <laughs> which is just like a mashup that I never would have conceived of, and like it works fine. Like it, she reads it well. It's like it's cool. It's also it's a poem in which somebody comes sexually. <laughs> oh so my! So it's like kind of like the films that she's famous for. <laughs> oh no. Um, I saw the first one of those. I fell asleep during it, and I never fall asleep during movies. So let me tell you, that actually doesn't happen in the movies. I'm going to see the third one. I'm going to miss the... uh, Uh, You won't know what's going on. I know. I'm kind of excited for it. That'll be a little bit more fun. I'm looking forward to it. It was so boring. We're all Fifty Shades Freed at this point. (sighs) Not from these films. (laughs) No, that's my point. This is the last one. I don't know, dude. Uh Uh-oh. I don't think that those two people, the fact that they hate each other, I the two know. leads hate, each, hate other each, so each other so much. It seems so <laughs> It's fun. so awesome. I like read all the stories. I about love it. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. All the, all like the blogs. But um, in any case, <laughs> the internet, the internet, I love it. <laughs> um, it's a really great, it's a really great podcast. And like the quality of the stories is just like always, they're always like weird literary stories and they're fun and they're interesting and the poems are phenomenal. And the reading mashups are just like really interesting. And I, I fully, um, fully endorse it. And I've really been enjoying it as a podcast. Cause it's also not like the majority of podcasts. It's very, it's, it's very chill and sort of slow. And like the woman who, who kind of introduces it just has a very, it's like a very easygoing voice. I'm poppy. Yeah. It you're does not, sound you're good. You're not poppy. I'm poppy. <laughs> good point. Uh, what have you, what have you enjoyed? That's so not- my thing is good time, which I realized we haven't talked about. No, I was wondering which of us was going to pull that trigger. I did it. Uh, the movie good time the came out good last time. year. Stars Robert Pattinson directed by the Safdie brothers, Bobby P. Uh, this movie is so awesome. It's phenomenal. I, I love good, it. I have good news at the end of this. If you don't come to it, but go ahead. Okay. Do you have more to say? I just want to say that if you haven't, if you have it in you to handle a movie that's really messed up, very, very extremely disturbing in a lot of ways, too. Occasionally very funny, and just I'd say often very funny. Yeah, 
but it's so raw. Like it's so messed up. Yeah. This but, movie, I don't want to say anything about it. I knew nothing yeah. about it going in. And I just, as somebody who enjoys like David Fincher movies on some level, like this has that kind of just like, or early Scorsese movies. Yeah. It's very much in that vein and it's just fucking raw. And it is a movie made by people who like movies and are just, it costs $2 million to make. And the whole vibe of the thing is like, we're going to go make a movie. Yeah. And I feel like that is what miss is missing from so many large scale Hollywood type movies where everybody knows they're making a movie because like we have to make a movie and it's like all focus grouped and everybody's working on a thing. This is none of that. This is just like a bunch of people got together and said, let's go make a movie. And it, what's Robert Pattinson doing? And it just works out. It's, it's so it's good. Excellent. Excellent movie. I, and I, I actually find it in a strange way, somewhat uplifting despite this. The end scene is so incredible. The soundtrack is sick. Yeah. Well, uh, it's one Oh tricks point. Never is that how you pronounce that? I've never known. Oh, okay. Uh, he's an electronic artist. He does the soundtrack. soundtrack and is don't is listen incredible. to it until you see it. Yes. But the last song. Oh, blue blows my mind. It's, it's twice now brought tears yes i, I was I, we saw it in a theater we'd seen it before and then we saw it in a theater recently and i also i got a little misty uh it is <laughs> play misty for me god is sick uh so that's great what, what was your point so here's the good news guess what's coming to amazon later this month or early next month i don't know to stream good time great we're gonna watch it again yeah so you can you don't even have to pay to see this movie if yes. you just wait a month you can wait a month and watch, watch this you, movie I mean, assuming you have amazon prime and assuming you have the stomach for it because it is messed up and it is a movie about a despicable person in a bad situation yeah but damn it's a good movie robert pattinson is a good actor and it's it's just cool it's that that time. happened. yeah i it's a bad time and a good time and it makes me grind my teeth and i yeah. love it it has we both need to go to the dentist. It has the best delayed title cards since The Departed. That's all I'll say. Or Near Automata. Near, Near Automata. Near Automata.